0: This episode is sponsored by Grant Stone. They are a shoe and boot company that specialize in Goodyear welt constructed boots and shoes at an affordable price. I have been wearing a pair of Grant Stones now for several months, and I got to say they are some of my favorite boots I own. I have several boots. Um, I have a pair of Allen Edmonds. I have a pair of Aldens. But I gotta say, these Grant Stones are my new favorite. Not only are they about half the price of these competitors, but their quality control is top notch. If you wanna try a pair of Grant Stones, you can head over to their website, GrantStoneshoes.com, and use our coupon code, That's Neat, to save some money off your first pair of shoes. So head on over to their website, GrantStoneshoes.com, and use our coupon code, That's Neat.
1: Hello.
2: How are you? I am tremendous, Phil. It's a pleasure to see you.
3: You too. Thank you, man. It's uh, it's good. It's, uh, I I look forward to the time when we do, when we can do these things live. But uh, this has been um, yeah. It's nice to see you again. It's been a long time.
2: Yeah. 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 No. Me too. Um, you know. Law. As soon come the time when we can get the barn. But this is a good halfway step.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Um, for sure, the barn is coming along. We've got a new barn, actually, but um, we can get into that later. Um, should I go ahead and introduce myself? Would you like to introduce yourself? How would you like to do this? That seems like a plan.
2: No, I, I think you know more about yourself than I know about myself, or something like that. <laughs> um, so, by all means, you go.
3: The uh, founder of Key. Uh, um, I do a lot of things with the distillery now and and uh, rely on other people to do a lot of things as well. But um, this is a, this is a very big event. We release a whiskey every year at this time. And this is, this is the uh, release of batch five. Um, and uh, we're super psyched tonight. We, we have been releasing whiskey in the past from Westland distillery here in Seattle. And this is our first release now, a whiskey that is, is made elsewhere. It's been made in Waco, Texas at Balcones and, uh, um, we'll go into how that happened. And, uh, we're very fortunate tonight to have the guys from Balcones, uh, some of them, the main guys, I think to, to talk to us and, um, but yeah, it's, it's Batch five release party. And that's what, that's what this is tonight. And hopefully we're going to give our, our listeners and our people that uh, know us an idea of why this whiskey happened and how it happened and, and, uh, what has led us to, uh, to today.
2: Tremendous. Tremendous. Tell nice. us about yeah.
3: yourself now.
2: I am simply a, a whiskey lover. Um, uh, originally that's, that's from Scotland. I, oh Yeah. Originally from Scotland. Uh, fate has brought me to the Pacific Northwest, and it didn't take me long to find out about you guys and uh, fall yeah. in love with, with what you guys are doing. And um, oh, good. yeah, so for sure. Uh, definitely all about single malt. Um, it's definitely where my my heart is, so I think that is also what led me to you guys. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm here as a friend of Wanderback, I would say, and to yeah to, to right. lubricate, least... lubricate the conversation.
3: Great. Right. Well, yeah, you're a whiskey lover, and you're from the Pacific Northwest, Portland, and uh, and uh, like you say, you've shown an interest in what we're doing, and and we've had you out at the farm once, and it was super fun, and 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 ha- did this type of thing a few times. But, um Gregor is like a, a little. Uh, well he's a star for us he's somebody that we want to keep making good whiskey for and and uh so yeah we're really happy you could join us and and, uh i don't know if you call adjudication the right word but um be a master of sort of ceremonies for this event tonight yes Uh, yeah sasha saw mc
2: in my name and assumed that that qualified me to be an mc but um we'll we'll, we'll gloss over that and and roll well you've done
3: an amazing job um but why don't I give a little bit of an intro? Oh, balcones! Should I talk about uh, uh, wanderback now or balcones? What do you think? I think we were planning on giving. Oh, here we go! Here the gods! The gods! The gods are deciding Sorry? for us. <laughs> I was too slow.
2: Here we are. Here they
3: are.
1: Answers that question Uh, for you. Yeah. Yeah,
3: right. So this is the, this is the crew. Uh, Sorry, Gregor, you should, you should do the introductions here. Uh, No, I don't know about introductions. I was going to have a question for the guys, but um,
2: Phil, you can maybe run through the guys, introduce them.
3: Great. So yeah, this is the crew from Balcones here. They're joining us from Waco in, uh, at home and at the distillery and, uh, So can you guys give us a sort of an uh, intro to yourselves and role and and that sort of thing, please?
1: I guess I'll go. My name's up on the bottom there. So um, I'm Jared Himsad. I'm the head distiller here. Um, Yeah, it's hard to even say what that means on any given day. A lot more meetings and (laughs) budgets and spreadsheets and things, I think, that people realize. But um, get to at least kind of be the main guide, I guess, director Push people towards product development and um, kind of the aesthetic, creative side of, of what we do. Um, yeah. Nice. That's me.
2: Where's the Brady Bunch Square go next?
1: There it
0: goes.
4: Uh, I'm Thomas, <laughs> or Tommy, as I often call myself. Um, <laughs> I'm the distillery manager. I, yeah, you're down here for me. Yeah. Seems <laughs> um, like yeah. the Muffins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am more on like the logistics sort of like either supply chain of helping raw materials get into the building or order fulfillment of making sure that our whiskeys that these other guys uh, create, make it out into the market through our distributor. So um, my role tends to be a lot more nuts and bolts, a little bit less uh, kind of creative direction. But yeah.
1: He's in charge of our beer program though. Also. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Very important. Oh, nice. All nice. the l- lagers and pilsners.
4: Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, I can tell the difference in a Pilsner and an IPA. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. you and my seven-year-old both. Yeah, oh.
2: you're, you're hired. Yeah. Fair uh,
5: hey, I'll go next. My name's down there. I'm Gabriel Richard. Uh, I uh, gave myself the title of Spirits Manager. They let me have a you know pretty long leash, and uh, I felt like that encapsulated it. Um, but yeah, basically, I just do. I would do warehouse management. Um, Cast management, and I uh, kind of oversee and coordinate some of the blending process and just keep things moving and integrated with sales needs and with forecasting um, uh, where the barrels are, you know, what allocating barrels for different products and whatnot. So it's a lot of spreadsheets. It's probably more computer work than Jared would like me to be doing. Um, But yeah, it's a good time. Um,
2: I was going to say, you're, you're being too honest. Don't shatter the illusion that it's all just drinking all day and, right. and it's blessing. Yeah. All good. Nice. Yeah. Um, great. I, I have a, a question for you guys. I'll, I'll ask it collectively, whoever feels the most qualified or chime in uh, between you guys. I was curious to know how you guys discovered Wanderback first um, and also why you wanted to, to work with them. I think it's a two, two-pronged question.
3: They may not remember this. This that
2: was four, well, year, four I, plus years. four I
5: I remember Phil.
2: Oh, good. Yeah. You just, well, you just nominated yourself.
5: Well, I mean, this is my my memory of it is that we were at uh, ACSA in Minnesota.
3: No, Portland. Oh, was really? it Portland? I think it was Portland.
5: Okay, I can't recall, but we were at a we were at a conference and they had like a kind of not really after party, but a time when like uh, spirits producers had tables out. Um, and we were going through the room and, um, no, I don't want to be mean, but you know, I was, I wasn't super impressed by a a lot of stuff and you know, there's a, we make, we make whiskey. And so I don't really know what to think when we hit a producer who has a gin or has a vodka or something, you know? Um, but Wanderback was on like the far end of the room and our production manager and I, Dustin, our production manager and myself, like went to the table and tasted it. And we were like, Oh my God, like, this is, this stuff is really good. (laughs) Um, And then we got to talking. I think Sasha was there and we got to talking with her um, and introduced ourselves and took some back to them and dragged uh, Tommy and Jerry to the table. And we're like, we should we we should do we should do something. And I think it was just that this is my memory. That initial meeting maybe sparked all of us kind of touching base. And I don't know who reached out or ended up reaching out, but that kind of sparked it for me, at least. Yeah. yeah,
3: when I when I heard that that happened, I I was I wasn't sure if it was because my wife. She she does sound nice, and she's not too hard on the eyes. Uh, <laughs> but I I I I, th- I was very very happy to hear because I had been a fan of balcones. Well, there I, I mean we'll go into this, but they're one of the main reasons I decided to do this business in the first place. Um, and it was way back at the beginnings of balcones, and and so to hear that you. have you guys had walked past a, a table with a bit of our whiskey. And this was the first whiskey that I had released. And, you know, at the time it was really just me and, 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 uh, you know, as things go, you don't really have a clue back that, you know, in the beginning, you don't really, you know, something you don't really know much. And, and, um, and so to have some, you know, people of obviously of, of your uh, experience and what you'd already done, it was, it was, it was really nice. And, um, so uh yeah we scrambled and tried to make make connection and and see if you would be willing to work because the model that we were coming up with at the time for for our distillery was not it still isn't very common i i don't i don't know many that do it this way um so anyways through the jigs and reels we connected that way and connected and then did this did this project so it's it's super super great it's really really fun I heard I heard the story when
2: Phil kept pouring until you said you would work with him, but hey.
3: (laughs) These guys a lot of eye contact. Yeah. 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 Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be to be fair, I think uh, that that was probably the first like work work trip you and Dustin had taken. Yeah,
5: yeah. Right. We were very happy to be, you know, out of out of the house. We're like, man. uh, Other other people are making whiskey. This is great.
3: (laughs) There's a whole world out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was uh, it was very nice to hear, though. So I was, um, yeah, uh, it, it was good. And and then so we did this, and and we'll go into the details of what we did and and how we did it and so on. But um, I guess my question to you, um, to you three, is uh, if you could give us an idea of your whiskey journey. I mean, how this happened for you. I kind of know as myself, just from talking to you and reading, but can you give our listeners and, and me and us uh, a sense of your whiskey journey, how it happened and, and what brought you maybe to the point where we worked together and then over the past few years, what's been going on?
1: Man, those whiskey journey questions. Um, <laughs> Is it tough?
3: To to well, just uh, it's
1: like a roller
4: coaster.
1: That's a yeah. little I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 should, I should probably have practiced like the, this, the, the bullet point version of it at some point. Um, make please sure please don't like, just turn, tell turn, turn it into a cell sheet and make the sure elevator. I hit all the salient points.
5: The, 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 um, the elevator pitch,
1: yeah, yeah. got don't eight seconds. That.
3: Yeah, tell us, um,
1: tell us. on some level, it's pretty simple. I got into home brewing right after college, was pretty serious about that. Thought I was going to end up in beer, tried to open breweries a couple times. Um, <clears throat> a pretty, pretty DIY kind of just approach to life in general. I'd much rather try to make something if if I can than, than, than buy it. Um, so later in life, when um, all of a sudden, single malt specifically clicked for me, and all of a sudden I'd had plenty of whiskey before, and it probably was really bad bottom shelf bourbon on the rocks at a party. That also had a keg of Bud Light or, or Southpaw or something. Um, <laughs> I had never been really been impressed. It never really made sense. Um, once it did, just kind of the basic way I'd mostly look at the world and, and activities and products, it just made sense to try our own hand at it. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, in some ways, it's real similar to all these startup breweries where it just, we're messing around fooling around with with it just for our own consumption at tiny garage levels. And then you go, you know, th- there's cheap real estate around here, and you start looking at buildings, and then you, next thing you know, you're filling out your permits, and next thing you know, you need to quit your, your other job because you can't do both. And, you know, 13 years later, here we are. But, um, yeah, it feels very much like every next step made a lot of sense. And then one day you look up and kind of realize where you ended up. Um, but yeah
3: that's great it's crazy yeah <laughs> 13 years I didn't realize that. yeah. that's a that's a lot of time
2: yeah <laughs> I would say that was time well spent awesome nice <laughs> yeah. um, one well well, thanks guys I think um, well Conus I'll speak to you in a, in a unified terminology um, you guys are off the hook for now we were going to set you guys into the backdrop we don't get to hear Gabe and Tommy's background. Oh no, sorry, in sorry, sorry. We can. I thought, I thought, I thought Jared was speaking for the guys. Happy to hear oh, no. from the other guys. I would never. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Tommy. Apologies. Uh,
5: Take it away, Tom.
2: I. My God.
4: I I came into whiskey actually by way of beer. So on that trip that they're talking about when they were in Portland, I actually wasn't there. But I lived in Portland for a couple of years, and I think that. Um, I was there in spirit. I was kind of like guiding, hey, go to this brew pub I worked for, like, hey, go to this yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, I wasn't on that trip, but I was uh excited to hear everything that they came back, uh excited about. So um yeah, I worked for a brewery I'm from Texas originally, but worked for a brewery up in Portland called Ex Novo. Um that yeah. now has a uh, several locations. There's uh, one kind of in Beaverton and then the owner actually opened one back in New Mexico anyway. Um but yeah, I worked there for a couple of years. The first couple of years, like right before they opened, and then moved to uh, back to Texas, back to Waco in 2015, and started working for Balcones. So I've been with back with Buck or with Balcones. I kind of volunteered there while I was in undergrad, um, in grad school actually. But I uh, have been back here now for a little over six years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love the, this, it's been
4: a, a, a back and forth journey for me.
1: This should be the kind of events where we can kind of like poke each other a little bit. But yeah, tell me. Had, he had done some volunteering with us, and we knew each other through home brewing and, and beer clubs and stuff. And uh, he was applying to jobs, brewing jobs, and was going to be leaving state. We all knew that. He, at one point, he said, "Yeah, he said, 'Hey, I'm pretty sure I put some things down on my resume that I know how to do that I don't know how to do. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I need to. I need that. to. You freely admit.
3: <laughs> he just yeah, said I, I, I had, I had to to a few things. Drive
4: a forklift yeah. and <laughs> something else.'"
1: There's right. a few things where you're like, I need to know these things before someone offers me a job and they expect me to show up and do it.
4: Yeah.
6: <laughs> the rooftop awesome. I ended up
4: working for didn't even have a forklift, but I was really concerned about that for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Forklift I'll be looking, for Tommy. I'll be looking for that "fake it till you make it" tattooed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I now have a license that expired two
5: years ago, so I'm on the other
2: end of it. <laughs> and Gabe, from yourself.
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess briefly, I. Uh, so, yeah, I was on a different path. I went to a dry private Christian college, so no booze for me. Uh, but I started homebrewing and breaking our community covenant uh, around my junior and senior year. Uh, hey, I got I got hey, I got my degree. Um, <laughs>
2: wow. Yeah. And well
5: uh, and I, I went to grad school. I studied geology and I went to grad school. And lo and behold, it was in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. I was at the University of Kentucky. It was a wildcat. Um, and and. Uh, you know, I was a poor grad student. Yeah, I don't know the symbol anymore. I think they changed it. Um, but yeah, I was I was in grad school on a really tiny stipend, and I was poor as hell. Um, so I was drinking a lot of Magic Hat Number no. Nine. Jared threw up beers, so I'm gonna throw up beers. I was drinking a lot of Magic Hat Number no. Nine and Four Loko. Um, but you know, on the weekends, on the that's weekends, here. Uh, <laughs> on the, I had the opportunity to uh, Lexington is like right in the center, in the, the heart of Bourbon Country and so uh and back then like all these tours were free you could go to like wild turkey buffalo trace um you could hit uh, four roses you could hit up like seven or eight just major amazing distilleries and have a free tour and get you know an ounce and a half of bourbon um on a saturday and so my friends of mine from my cohort would do that all the time so i kind of started i started as a very shitty home brewer never as never as qualified as jared or tommy ever became um, but I quickly like really got interested in spirits cause I was just right there in bourbon country. Um, and then I, I, went overseas, I got out of grad school and I went overseas for a couple of years and I was getting out of the oil and gas business, um, uh, overseas in, in Europe. And, uh, yeah, I was, I really wanted to get back into spirits cause I had this really memorable time in Kentucky. Um, and it just so happened that Balcones happened to be hiring. And so I actually came back. To the States. I went from Berlin to Waco and I still haven't recovered from that culture shock. Um, you know, a little, still a little uh, wide eyed. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I came uh, to Balcones. But Balcones is my first alcohol industry job. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like sometimes I feel a little behind because so many, Jared's brewed for, I mean, look at his beard for decades. And Tommy, was working, <laughs> Tommy worked at a brewery before, and I just came in bright-eyed and bushy-tail. really wanted to make whiskey, and, and I've made a little go of it at Balcones. So that's me. So Gabe,
2: does, does, the, does, the, does the facial hair correlate to tenure at Balcones?
5: Well, it, sort of, but then Tommy really messed things up, because Tommy's oh. definitely my supervisor, and he made things really weird. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, I, I probably had this much hair at, like, 24, you yeah. know, and, and a big beard. It's not... This isn't a COVID thing. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, it's not. Be, yeah, that's a, that would be a tough two years. That if that was only two years. Yeah. Um, awesome. Nice one. Um, great. Well, thank you guys for sharing. Uh, we'll invite you back on, I think, uh, to hear some thoughts on the juice. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, I think we're going to introduce Anna into the fray. I believe. Anna, hello. Hi. How are you doing?
6: I am super. How are you doing? I'm fantastic.
2: Um, for those that don't know, uh, Anna is, I mean, first and foremost, a whiskey enthusiast. Um, you are officially the uh, Wonderback Rackhouse manager, correct?
6: Mm-hmm. Correct.
2: Um, so you're involved in tracking the barrels, uh, seeing how they're maturing, um, and then you're also partnering with Phil on um, tracking the flavors and, and projecting where, flavor is going to go correct is that fair
6: right and working on the blend of making this beautiful whiskey that we're drinking tonight
2: exactly exactly super fun yeah and as if that's not enough i mean i would say you know that is by far enough um you also lead all the Wonderback tastings correct
6: correct yeah it's been Which... really fun to connect with people all around the nation
2: yeah right I'm sure. I'm sure uh, this has been quite a social time for you, where it's maybe not been for a lot of people. Um, conversely, um, so I think you're perfectly qualified to uh, run us through some tasting notes and 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 thoughts on batch five.
6: Yeah, and everyone who's watching, um, please type in the chat and everything about what kind of flavor notes you're getting, because our favorite thing is to hear what you get on this whiskey. Because we make this whiskey for you, we want you to enjoy it. So. First off, um, open your bottles. If you haven't already, if you haven't done any pre-gaming, um, definitely, yep, open your bottles, pour yourself a little dram. Um, there's a couple different types of glasses you can use, but also I'm just uh, of the mindset, you know, if you have an empty vessel that works, that's that's great. Um, so have a, have a glen carrot if you have it. Um, I like to use our tool of glass. Yep, exactly. Um, and maybe, maybe a little, little water if you need it. Um, Because this this beautiful gem that we're drinking tonight is uh, 52% ABV or 104. So definitely um, got a good good kick to it. Uh, So let's just talk super briefly about how to taste a whiskey. If you don't already know, all of you are probably whiskey enthusiasts just like I am. So you already know, but so you have your glass, we can um, give it a little bit of a swirl. I like to do it this way so it's not too strong of uh, alcohol punch in the nose. And then you start with your nose about an inch away from the glass or so. Gentle inhale. And then and then we can talk about what we're what we're getting. And if at any point you get uh, overwhelmed, it's too strong, you can always uh, sniff your arm as a way to um, have a neutral scent that resets your nose, which is really helpful. So for me, for this one, I get a lot of baking spice, cinnamon up front, nutmeg. Which is a core Wanderback flavor that we get from the spirit as well as from the barrels, which is fantastic. Which we'll talk a little bit more about later. I get uh, some cherry, some kind of toasted oak, um, and cherry is something that I kind of get through kind of all Balcones whiskeys, which I'm sure we'll talk about too. And then caramel, which to me is something is such a Wanderback flavor, and that comes from a couple different things. One is definitely the grain bill, let's say it was mostly the grain bill. Um, and we have a couple of different grains that lends that flavor. Um, and one of them is the crystal malt. And that is uh, I don't have the exact percentage in front of me. But it's it's something that's in all of our whiskeys, um, which I think is really great. And there's also some um, some barrel effect here. But so and let's give it a little sip. If we must. Hmm. Mm. So what do you get on this, Gregor? I'm really curious.
2: I mean, there's no hiding the proof for sure. So, it, you know, yeah. it definitely lets you know it's there. Um, um, but yeah, I, I, it, it, for me, there's a burst of spice straight away. You get that. Um, there's right. a heat for sure, but it's not a, it's not a new make heat, you know, yeah. it is all spice, black pepper, um, and then the sweetness comes for me at the the finish, and it's uh, yeah, it's tremendous.
6: Yeah, and our kind of strategy with this one was the spirit itself, as I had said, has you know a lot of these baking spices and caramel. and what we do with the barrels really affects that, which we'll talk a little bit more about that, but kind of balancing the ratio of what what we want um, to showcase. And I think uh, the grain bill is something that's really you know it is really important to us at wanderback and using our specialty malts. Um, so we have Golden Promise, which we're going to talk about. We have um, the Crystal Malt, which is that caramely note, Munich Malt, which gives this kind of uh, grainy depth, and then Pale Chocolate Malt, which um, for those of you who are Wanderback fans, you know that that's something that really comes through on our Evergreen collection. And this one, it's a little more subtle uh, than, and I think that has to do with some of the other production, but it's, it's still there just in a hint which I really like. Um, yeah, so our, uh, our exact uh, grain bill. So we have uh, 91% Golden Promise, 6% Crystal Malt, uh, 2% Munich Malt, and 1% Pale Chocolate. So um, I'm really curious from, well, Phil, I know you and I have had a blast working on this one together, but I'm really curious from Tommy, Jared, and Gabe, what you guys get on this.
1: I think I was inclined to look for things that hadn't been mentioned in any of the official stuff. Um, plus, I think, specifically with me and Gabe, we're kind of fruit-obsessed um, mm. and acid-obsessed. Um, Not like was, drugs.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good
4: clarification. So like, like food. Is fi- he'll tell you. He'll tell you.
1: Fruit, is that like street slang for, for like <laughs> ibuprofen or something? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Super into that. We're
3: gonna go um, into that tonight. Should we just, eat Mr. Whiskey? <laughs> so flavors, flavors. Let's talk okay,
1: about flavors. Yeah, track. track. Yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed this with with the the other releases you've done with Westland um, product, produced liquid, but I feel like our stuff changes so fast at these at these ages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your first impressions, and then. Just even a few minutes later, things are changing. But I thought I was getting some citrus stuff, but now it is all—it's all pear skin for me. Mm. Um, mm. And it's—it it is caramely. Um, there's also like a honey, not quite a honeycomb, but like a darker, not quite manuka, but something something pretty rich, pretty dark, not just like you know generic table honey. But there's something cheesy too. We talk a lot about dairy, which is an odd thing to talk about, probably with whiskey a little bit. But there's like a <clears throat> I, I guess like this, this very very faint like melted butter thing True. that then, then made me go to pastries and then I was like no but the pastries got some cream cheese on it so um, <laughs> some, somewhere in that world
6: Do you think that comes from well we're going to touch on this later keep that thought in mind for the golden promise discussion I'm curious about that
1: And there is almost a white grape I and mean, we, we do talk a lot about wine we drink a lot of wine we, and and maybe I look for it too hard but there, there's, there's a little bit of a white grape thing going on
2: it, for me it's a oh. v- it's a very bright whiskey i would say you yeah know? it's it's yeah there's a lot of light I, I find a lot of lightness in it um for sure uh, gabe tommy i'm curious you know how much you've sm- smelled and tasted prior to now but yeah thoughts
4: yeah, i get more like a uh, dried apricot there's like there's in terms of the acidity uh, his acid comment i think a lot of times for us comes across as fruit um mm. and we've even talked about in whether it be beer or whiskey, how like acid can accentuate or like bring like a mid-palate lift to something to where it can seem muddled and kind of uh, dark if there's not that acid uh, mid-palate to it. And this definitely has that. It has that brightness. It has that punch through that uh, makes fruit read like fruit. I think that's awesome.
3: Yeah, these are all I I, I'd love to. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to hear your impressions of this until now. And it's a bit nerve wracking, I have to tell you. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, I really like hearing um, the descriptions you have of the various flavors. In particular, <clears throat> you know, I love because I I, come, I approach these whiskeys, and Greg, you probably should shut me down at some point if I'm talking too much. But I I, I approach these our whiskey and all whiskeys, um, the same way I approach food and coffee and wine and all of these things where you know, are first of all, you're trying to create a balance. You're trying to create, you're trying to balance particularly sweet, sweet things with more, um, more basic flavors, more, uh, uh, uh um, non, but then the acid thing, most people don't talk about acid. Acid is a critical thing in cooking, you know, yeah. adding lemon juice or vinegar or any of these more acidic things, flavors to any kind of food elevates all those tastes like you were just saying Tommy and but acid is a very difficult thing to um, you know whenever when we approach a recipe for a whiskey acid is not the kind of thing that i can in my in, in my knowledge um, add to a recipe to, to create acid is this i mean sweetness you can you can bring sweetness you can bring smoke is the easier one smoke comes in various different flavors and that more, some of those more, the fruity flavors, those are things that you can really, you know, you can think about ways of creating those flavors, but acid is not a very easy thing to, 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 to add to a, a, a flavor um, and, or to a, to a whiskey profile. And so I'm really happy to hear you say that. And, and I, and I'd love to delve more into that because of your experience with the various, you know, spirits you've made. And, and how you create acid and enough, not too much acid, but enough, enough to elevate the flavors. Like I, I think you just mentioned, Tommy, you know? So I don't yeah. know what your take is on that and, and what your yeah. thoughts are on that, you know?
1: I mean, we, we're we in the middle of trying to do some some level of actual science to, to uh, be able to talk with any kind of firmness around what's actually happening in our fermentation, but um, yes. PA. We do, yeah, we do go super low. Um, we do seven day. I assume we did with yours as well. I, mm-hmm. I don't have the papers in front of me, but mm-hmm. um, we always do seven day. Most of our malts going to end up, you know, three six, three four, maybe as low as three two, um, at the end. And most of that's historically been because we were trying to um, have have the uh, all that all the ester precursors be, have it have them give them the best chance of keeping up with the wood extraction, which of course in Texas is going to be super, super fast. And you, those early years you can end up with something really unbalanced and just super, super woody. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our, just get, you know, put the acid on steroids a little bit to start. Um, we also have a pretty high reflux on our stills. I mean, we, our spirits yeah. distillations are going to go what close to 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, huge line arms, the coils, all that stuff. We're getting a lot of, a lot of back and forth.
3: So, um, yeah, Jared. Can you? Can you? Um, can you? Th- uh, I'm. I'm. I'm getting tons of messages from my wife here, and I. Was, again, we're going. She, we're going yeah. into the. Would you the, mind? Would you mind just uh, repeating that in, in a bit? I because yes. uh, I think there cool. is a time when I would love to hear that again. And <laughs> okay. more. Perfect. But um, because I started the discussion, I I probably should put the end because otherwise, afterwards, I'm going to get in a ton of shit for what I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, just, yeah, let's hold the right.
2: geekery for um, the podcast. Um, I know okay. we, can't, we can't help ourselves, but um, I know. Sorry. Anna.
6: Yeah, so as we just uh, talked about the proof being a little higher, I know we do have a little video about when Phil and I were proofing this whiskey, so we're going to go into that and then continue on with the fun afterwards.
3: Love it. We're doing a hydrometer reading. So 78 degrees. Yeah,
2: buddy, good job. <laughs> oh, you're still on mute. There we go.
6: That was such a fun day. It was uh, great when we finally got this all proofed down and created and, and ready to go uh, for bottling. So.
2: And is it true the music was chosen to affect the, the whiskey?
6: Yes, we like to um, have a very sensory experience for a whiskey to sort of nurture it in as many ways as possible, which includes music choice. And That's love Bill's.
2: It. Love <laughs> it. I love it. Awesome. Great. Hello, Blake. I was going. Oh, hey. You. I was going to introduce you, but um, the 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 Wizard of Oz behind the scenes is is doing her job. Uh, pop me up. Yeah. The camera is making
0: me look really red. I'm not this red. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's nothing to do with the proof of
2: batch five it might be that actually uh, blake pleasure to uh intro you in um blake from that's neat podcast uh you're here to ask some very in-depth questions of the guys correct
6: yeah
0: that's right uh can't wait i, I know the belconus guys a little bit from previous experience i uh, very familiar with phil and sasha and all of the hey guys Oh, the Wanderback uh, <coughs> crew as well. Uh fancy seeing you guys here. <laughs> Who knows? I come Where here often. Are no. Where are we
3: actually? <laughs> we've, we've I'm in my own um history.
0: yeah, so uh I just got to go ahead and say um, hands down this is probably well, I'm just going to This is my favorite whiskey that Wanderback has released. Um Woo! Not to That's say nice. anything about the other ones, I love <laughs> all of the the other the evergreen releases and what um, Westland was able to distill for you guys and the New Age. Um, but this, I I don't know. I think the experience you guys got behind you now, and and the direction you can give to the the distillers and Belconis in this in this case, it just it really shines. It's really quite delicious. Um, I'm getting a lot of those high notes that have been mentioned but also there's just something very distinctly
3: balconus about it mm-hmm. um and well it's, i know i it, yeah you are and, and, yeah i and, knew you were a fan for years and uh, <laughs> so but i'm very i'm very glad to hear you say that blake
0: yeah and it's no yeah it's it's amazing whiskey and Good. it's it's right up there within you know one of my favorites that you guys released. And you know, I can't wait to uh see what batch two and three and four come come to be. Um
3: but I, cool. I just want to know Very like
0: cool. uh there is there's is definitely a distinction, uh a difference between these Evergreen and and these uh Lone Star releases and um the grain bill is slightly different, but also like the stills, of course, and the distiller that m- is involved. So maybe I could ask the balconist team about your stills, the shape, and how the shape and size, and those amazing coils have mm-hmm. impacted this single malt whiskey.
1: Someone? okay.
5: I-, I can lead in with just some of the technical uh, details. I was looking through the records. Um, so yeah, we at Balcones we use um, uh, custom-made uh, pot stills from Forsyth um, with a unique helical line arm um, that gives the line arm a couple twists. Uh, we actually have two still sets. So Spirit Still One has ten coils, and Spirit Still Two has uh, only four, and it's a wider diameter line arm. And that's actually what we ran Wander back on. So um, we tend to kind of do. Uh, bourbon and rye and stuff that is a little more solventy and needs to be a little brighter um on spirit still one and lately we've been doing malt um and rum and kind of heavier richer stuff on spirit still two with slightly less reflux and so that's where we ran Wanderback back on with spirit still two um but yeah i mean i can do technical details you know we cut around 77% abv we took it down to 61 and a half for the hearts cut um But there's not a lot of, you know, that's not all that sexy. But yeah, I think what happens with, um, uh, what happens in our distillation, yeah, (laughs) yeah, what what happens in our in our in our distillations is like what happens in a lot of of pot distillations where we're just we're taking a really broad spectrum of flavor. But because of that helical line arm, we tend to go really long and slow instead of quick, Um, and we we get a lot of reflux and we end up with a a brighter spirit, as people have commented on. just a little bit of a sparkle, a little bit of a top note, it still has that oily rich base. It still has that depth to it, but there's definitely some hum, um, you know, and the lighter molecules. Um, and so that's, that's, you can definitely see it here.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And, um, Phil, uh, about, uh, the distillation itself, you were actually on site for this. Were you, um, and kind of able to guide this along, or just watch and learn. Like, how how was this experience
3: for you? Yeah, <laughs> um, it was a bit. It was a bit. <clears throat> it was a bit like Charlie. You know, Charlie getting access to the chocolate factory, and mm-hmm. you know, being given like the back the back door tour. Um, the golden ticket, man. It was a bit of a golden <laughs> ticket moment, um, and, and <clears throat> it was a it was crazy. I remember back then; it was three and a half years ago. And at the time, we had whiskey on the market. We were, we were learning a ton, um, and I, you know, i I'd, I'd been reading and l- thinking about uh, what Balcones did for years prior to this, and then they agreed to do this project with us. And I, and I showed up, and, and to be quite honest, I, I just didn't want to piss them off. I, mean, I, rem- <laughs> I remember I was like, how do I, how do I, how do I make sure that the I mean, I knew they were going to make good whiskey and I knew that they were putting their, 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 you know, their smarts and their heart into the project. I could tell, you know, Tommy, especially Tommy was kind of the, the overseer and, and, uh, and then I was, I was hanging out with Gabe a fair bit and, and um, Jared came in cause he's, you know, he's always busy doing multiple things and he came in at various times towards the end. We had a wonderful lunch. I remember across the street. But you know, I, I, I you know, I just was so. Um, first of all, I was so happy with what I, what I sent just from the, you know, the new make what I was seeing, and and the fact that new make. I, you know, it was just it, it was it was a, it was so many mixed things. I was super psyched what I was sensing and what we were making. But I was also just so 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 happy that we were actually doing it. It was kind of like a pinch me moment, you know, and. And, um, uh, so yeah, tons, tons of mixed things. And I, you know, I, I, I can go into the lead up to it and the various decisions we made, like we, we dropped by, you know, we went from two to 1% on the chocolate malt and, and this sort of thing. And, and, um, I, I can go into those details, but to be honest, the day was, uh, I was, I still remember every, every bit of it. It was, uh, I was in this new distillery that these guys were, you know, not, just getting used to, but it was still pretty new at the time. And it was, it's this wonderful building. It's this old, I mean, they could tell you, but yeah, it's this, yeah you can see, it. I mean, it looks pretty not, I mean, it looks kind of special there, but it's a really special building. It's this old building, Waco, you know, Waco is this weird town where this, you know, it's like a small town with this amazing university or college in it, you know, so, and you have this mix of people and stuff going on that's just like it's like no other town I've been to, and I had never been to Texas, so I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Just That's like
0: awesome.
5: Makeup.
4: Yeah, the whole i never been to like Texas, makeup. you
3: know, and, and I'm- Big distilleries. Yeah, like Newfoundland guy coming into Texas via <laughs> Seattle. I was like, a, yeah, not a fish out of water, but I, 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 I had never seen, you know, I could go on about multiple things. Like I arrived <laughs> super late the night before. I go to get a snack because I hadn't eaten all day. I ended up at this like corner grocery store with the lights on everybody hanging on out, hanging around outside. I thought I was going to get gunned down or something. I ended up going to the, you know, the shittiest motel you could ever imagine. Then I, I show up the next morning and you know, they're business as usual. They're making, you know, wanderback whiskey and it's like a normal kind of normal day for them. And uh, I was, I was literally like a deer in the headlights the whole day. And then I, I got on the plane and went home and I was just like, did that really happen? And then like a few weeks later, this new make spirit shows up on the, on the truck and at the distillery, I'm like, wow, this really did happen. It was crazy. That's
2: awesome. That's
5: awesome. So it was, it
3: was a, it was a really good experience. And, uh, I, I, you know, I obviously left these guys, not left these guys, but I, I let these guys do their thing because clearly they know what they're doing, but you know, Mm -hmm. we worked together on, on, uh, you know, we agreed on the grain bill. We changed the pale malt. Obviously, that was a big thing. Golden promise was what we used versus the Northwest pale malt. Uh, but we kept the specialty malts pretty similar. Um, I, I was, I was really interested to see what golden promise would do because, you know, leading up to this, I had, you know, tasted what they had done before and, and loved what they'd done before, especially the, um, uh, the malt whiskey. And, um, and so, you know, I wanted to make a whiskey that was clearly Wanderback, but with the with the influence of of what these guys do, and and uh, yeah. I, cu- I couldn't be happier with what we turn, what, what, what we came up with, you know. And and uh, so, yeah, that's how it
6: happened.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that that makes sense. Um, I was gonna ask actually, um, why you guys chose to switch to uh, this Golden Promise. Um, Heritage malt, uh, as opposed to uh, what you're using previously, um, and maybe uh, I could ask uh, the Bacchonus team, like, why why do you choose this Golden Promise, uh, and why were you so gung ho about Wanderback doing it?
4: <laughs> Jared, do you want to take Jared. it? You want me too? Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Golden Promise is a barley that Balcones has been using since, I think, 2009, 2010, maybe. Um, it's kind of it's the, it, historically, like at that point in time, whenever we made this mash, it was the only malted barley that we were receiving in any kind of appreciable quantities. I think it was uh, 2015, 2016, we got our like first crop of Texas grown malted barley. And mm-hmm. now that makes up, um, Uh, increasingly higher percentage each year. We're doing a little bit more Texas barley. But at that point in time, uh, the only barley that we were using in the building was Golden Promise for our Texas single malt. Um, And it has to do a lot just with historicity. Like there's no, I've never heard any way of a distillery that switched away from Golden Promise because of the flavor profile reason. Um, The only reason that Golden Promise kind of fell out of favor in like historical Scotch whiskey production was because there were newer fanfangled, higher yielding malts that came out. Um, And so even for a while, like Macallan hang on on to um, the uh, Golden Promise as like a specialty grain instead of using it as like their main base uh, malted barley for their whiskey. So um, it's something that we've gravitated towards early on and makes great whiskey. It could account for some of the like peachiness, some of like the stone fruit quality that we pick up Mm -hmm. in a lot of our whiskeys. I think that in addition (laughs) to that uh, long fermentation age that we touched on a bit ago. but yeah, they create a really symbiotic sort of like stone fruit and sometimes even like strawberry fruit leather quantity, quality. Um, and that's something that even like, I won't talk much about beer, but we have done some beer now also with Golden Promise. And there's oh, this wow. like surprising peach quality that pops yeah, out. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, in the beer. Um, so anyway, yeah, we think that that has something to do with it. I don't know exactly why or how, but anyway.
3: Just a quick interjection. Really cool. um, I, you know, so like I said, I had a, I had a, big appreciation for the whiskeys they'd made with golden promise before. But the other thing is I made a Mm -hmm. couple of beers with the Northwest pale malt versus the golden promise, like an ale. It was a low hop type beer and, and, uh, it was really good. And, and so that was the other reason it was like, this is a good pale malt. It's, it's a Mm -hmm. tasty Mm -hmm. pale malt. And, And so because they were using it and that was easy for, I, I mean, I'm, whenever I'm working with these guys, I'm always trying to make it as easy as I can to to, to do what we would like to do. And, and Golden Promise is a tasty pale malt, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, um, kind of what I was going to ask you is like, what, uh, Phil, like, what was it about that pale malt or the Golden Promise that convinced you to use that over that Northwest malt?
3: Yeah. I mean, the other thing is the historical thing. I mean, this was a, this was a malt that was used historically in Scotland before some of the more, um, I won't call i won't say genetically engineered because i don't know the engineering background of the newer chariots and so on but hybridization uh, yeah yeah these were malts this was a malt that was historically used in in the scotch industry before the 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 newer ones that are currently used and so that has a very big interest for me you know i mean one of the big reasons i make i want to make this whiskey it's i mean beer is a big part of it but Scotch is another big part of it. I mean, I love scotch. Mm -hmm. There are some wonderful scotches. And and, and some of the older ones were made with golden promise before my time. And and so that has a lot of appeal as well. There's a history there that's quite nice. Definitely. Um, I might want to bring in Anna a little bit for this
0: next question. uh, Since you guys were doing the blending together, Um, I understand there was an abundant amount of barrels, more than you wanted to blend. Like how did you and Phil make that final decision on which which of these barrels to blend and or at what quantity?
6: Yeah, um, it's a really four, fun four process. Yeah, a really fun process that we got to do. So <clears throat> we kind of, we had all samples of all these barrels and nosed them together, talked about yeah. them, grouped them in kind of flavor categories and figured out which flavors we really wanted to highlight while keeping it balanced. And so um, there wasn't any overriding flavor of any kind. Um, and it was really about uh, a ratio of kind of samples that were from new oak barrels, which gives uh, a lot of the spicier notes, some of the darker, richer baking spices that we get versus some more of the caramely notes from reused barrels that um, you know really let those flavors sing and doesn't add too much barrel extraction from it. Um, but it was, yeah, a really fun process to, to work on with Phil and sort of figure out what flavors we wanted that still highlighted Wanderback, um, but made a really balanced, delicious whiskey. Phil, would you agree?
3: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we could go on about blending, I'm sure, for many, many hours. And, and uh, blending is one of these arts that you read a ton about. And you don't really understand very well until you actually do it yourself. And and I remember one of the one of the things I remember about my day there was um, seeing the blend, the table with the various samples. And I I forget the fellow's name at your distillery at that time. May still be the same guy who who did most of the blending. But I'll never forget the. I think it was Jared or some. I, I gave me have been telling me about it. Who you know the blender would come in and spend days and it was such a taxing ordeal for that person. And and they had to go off and be off for days, you know, because it was either because they had to ingest so much alcohol, or because it was such a mentally, physically challenging thing, they had to be off. And, and so that on top of my reading, I mean, it it, coming uh, approaching blending for the as a newbie, which I was then and I still consider myself a newbie now is a very daunting undertaking. And and so um, the way I've approached it and, and Anna is now learning and so on, um, I approach it the same way that I approach cooking or, or, you know, the various other uh, making anything for people. I'm trying to mm-hmm. create a product that is nice for people to drink this, this whiskey and that it has balance, Like Anna was saying that there aren't too many, there aren't some major overriding uh, flavors obviously the the Mm -hmm. beginning is you want it to everything to be mature. Um, and then you want to have these, you know, the way I look at, I'm not very good at, I shouldn't say I'll get in trouble for saying this, but I'm not very good at actually picking out the various flavors as good as these guys are particularly Jared. But what I am good at is seeing for me, there are high notes, there are low notes, there are middle notes, there's acidity as well. Like we talked about earlier, And Mm -hmm. I am just trying to create something that has a balance. And so what we did when we had the, the sort of the, the run of the barrels that we thought were ready and that we felt would, you know, be right. We had some classes within those that represented those various, you know, high to low notes. And, and um, so we, we created a blend that hopefully represented those things in the right way. And, but. You know blending. God, you could come at blending, and and the more I've done this, the more I read about it and talk to people. Blending you can come at from so many different ways, and none of them are right. I, I think maybe some of them are wrong, but um, you know I'd love to get your opinion on that, Gabe and, and Jared, just because it's it's such a it's such a big part. A lot of what we do at at uh, Wanderback Whiskey is you know, we age and then we blend. And that, that's a big part of what we do. We don't, we're not as much involved with the, the, the fermentation and distillation. So blending is a big part of it. And, and, uh, so get your take on that, you know, would be interesting.
1: Yeah. It's a weird thing you were talking about, <clears throat> I was going to say, it feels like, uh, you know, you don't know anything when you get started. I, I, I kind of feel like, to some degree, we feel that way more and more the longer we do it as well. It's just <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> or you finally have perspective, right? Um, every, you obviously know way more than you did, and you would know way more than someone who's never done this and doesn't do this all the time. But um, it's so it's so nonlinear, you know, and you you can't just add. A barrel that has the note you're looking for, and to the other one, and it's just going to like be one plus one. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit of a dance, you know. It's a little, it's a little bit of back and forth. An experience does help you, I guess, have a better idea of what's worth trying um, mm-hmm. and what kind of synergies can happen. Um, but I'm, I'm like you. I'm actually not the, I'm not the person in the house that's the best at picking apart. Um, and I'm partly not interested in that anymore I'm kind of over the debate over um you know is the apricot dried or is it you know is it one of those brown ones that's not sulfur or is it like the artificial one or i i, I don't care if the if the blueberry is like the dried one that's an oatmeal or if it's actually fresh like I think those transitions and relationships and movement um the narrative from beginning to end those kinds of things are way more interesting to me um and if it gets thick and syrupy, when does it do that? And what happens in the middle of it? And if there's tannin, and if there's spice, if there's acid, when do those happen? And at what volumes? You know, are they just kind of poking out, or do they kind of take over um, texture? Those kinds of things. So um, yeah. it's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, um, yeah, it's one of my it favorite. Is. It's my favorite part of the whole thing. I think
3: it is. You know, and, I- and the other thing. The other thing I would say about blending and, and I, and I don't have as much experience as you do, Jared or, or, uh, uh Gabe, but it's, um, it's, it's, uh, what you, you have a fairly good idea. Well, the lead up to the actual process of blending is, is so much it, there's, you know, people put so much emphasis in the blending step, but before you get there, so many of the decisions you made, like you know the distills you use, the cuts you made, well the fermentation, mm-hmm. the stills you, used, the cuts you made, the barrels you had this whiskey sitting in, have so much impact on what actually ends up being, you know, the end result of blending. That you know the blending is sort of the final icing on the cake. You know, you just try to not get in the way of what you've got, you know, and not screw it up, you know. That that's kind of the way I've been looking at it as well. It's just you've got a ton of really good whiskeys that you could make, you know, just don't make a bad one. Don't, don't, yeah. don't really, don't blend a bad one. That, that that's the big thing I'm trying to do.
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, y'all, uh, I think there was a prompt earlier on talking about, you know, what it's like having, uh, I mean, connected to blending, what it's like having something that we made, like leave our climate and kind of leave our region and zone. Um, and, that, you know, that that's connected to blending. Uh, I, I, Jared and I both, I think all of us felt uh, very curious to make something in Texas and then send it away. And we've done that a couple of times where we've made some distillate. We have a climate experiment, experiment project that's like all over the world, actually all over the US, but also in the UK. Um, but doing this with you all was really interesting because your, your choices for barreling were different because of your desired end product and also because of the climate that you were going to be in Um, and I remember y'all sent us some samples, maybe like 18 months in or 12 months in, you sent us some samples and we got a little box full of maybe six or seven barrels. And I remember us just like marveling over them because first off, y'all made the decision, I think to go in at some lower toast or lower char that we don't normally do. Y'all tend to do high toast and low char. We had some char number ones and twos in the mix of barrels you sent us, um, and we tend to go high toast and a, a, sl- a higher char, uh, closer to char number three and up. Um, and I, I, Jared and I both just were so shocked. It showed up and we're like, this is like, for us, it was like new make. It was so light, you know, like so yeah. little had happened because of the climate that it was in. We were like flabbergasted mm-hmm. and we we're like, well, I guess we'll wait for the next round of samples because nothing's happening here. But it was just so different from what we were used to. Um, and that, that, was, that was really fun. And to be able to see that with this slip that we made, there was still our thumbprint on it. But y'all had taken it in a direction that we don't even have the opportunity to because by the time that toast and char make a big enough impact on a whiskey in our climate, there's there's not much left in the barrel. <laughs> you know, like we have to start right. with really high impact because in three, four, five years, at, at six years, there's pretty much nothing left. Um, so that that was that was really great and super illustrative for us. And I ended yeah. up I ended up uh Snagging a couple of char number twos just to see how they would go in our climate, too, because of that. Um, I got a little greedy and, and pulled some in, but that was super neat.
2: I was curious, Gabe, on that piggybacking on that, I was curious what your thoughts or, or hopes were for what it was going to be, right? Where it was going to go. And then maybe also curious on your thoughts on where it might go aged younger yeah. still.
5: Yeah. I mean, you know, we've had, we really like a lot of Pacific Northwest stuff. And I think there's a big, a lot of them have this a more complex mash bill, you know, different types of barley in the mash bill. And we've been, I think because we've done, we have hundred percent blue corn whiskeys and our rye is a hundred percent rye. And we're very much just like, no, it's a hundred percent, you know, like we're going to do a hundred percent golden promise. And it's kind of uh, helped us focus a little bit. Um, but definitely y'all's doing y'all's uh, kind of like varied mash bill was was new for us. Since then we've done, Uh, some other uh, one other a couple other contract things and and we've done like a secret collab that we can't really talk about but there was some different barley in it that we weren't used to and there's just this decidedly like almost pacific northwest just thumbprint on anything with pale chocolate in it on anything with kiln malts in it it just feels Mm -hmm. so different than what we're used to still it's american single malt but there's like almost this regionality to it so i honestly had no i had no idea what to expect um since we've thrown some of that stuff in we kept the feints from y'all's distillation and we mixed it with hundred percent golden promise. And we have that. So we have like a half wander back in our own warehouse and refill casks. Um, single, and yeah,
2: bottle, single bottle,
5: single barrel, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a collab to be had out of there, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been a real learning experience to have that in uh, in the mix and just to show us how much can happen when, when you make a change so small, it's such a scary world, you know, like, that a mashbook could be so varied and there'd be so much to explore so many different types of malts and different proportions. Um, and it was just great to be able to see this one little choice that y'all, you know, allowed us to explore. Uh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, it was, um, I was actually at the barn, um, last year, almost like exactly a year ago, a little over a year ago and I was able to smell and taste right out of the barrel, um, Batch 5, what we're tasting now. And at the time, it it, it was a little new makey because it was only at, what, two years at that point. But I was so excited. And when they told me that it was going to be with Belconis, I was flabbergasted because I absolutely love (laughs) Belconis. So um, maybe I I was going to ask, though... The blending for this, I mean, after like so much experience with one through four, did you guys ever go out of Wanderback and Balcones to get feedback on your
3: blending options?
6: What do you mean? Oh, go ahead.
3: No, go ahead, Anna. I I didn't understand the question, but you go ahead.
6: Yeah, so uh, we did. We had this really awesome experience with um, uh, the LA Whiskey and Spirits Guild, uh, oh, they're yes. a great group yeah. that we've worked with, uh, we did a tasting with last year, uh, Phil and I, and they are they have great palettes, they're a really fun group. And because of those great palettes, we just kind of wanted to get some feedback and just like, what do you guys think about this? So we created uh, three prototype blends that were really different um, with a range of barrels that we had that were ready to go. Um, and just to see like, what do they think? And they were all cast strength, which of course, you know, whiskey enthusiasts love, right? They like those, those hypers. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of see what they, what they thought of it, how it held up against water, just kind of a little whiskey focus group, which is frankly the best kind of focus group to do. Um, but it was really fun and they really enjoyed it too. And we didn't use any of those exact proportions, but it was fun just to sort of have confirmation that what we enjoyed and what we were tasting from the whiskey that
3: other people liked as well.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool that you guys did that. Phil, sorry.
3: It is good. I mean, you know, the nice thing about having a bit of a history at Wanderback is, um, is getting the input from customers. Cause ultimately, I mean, we're, I mean, I I'm trying to make, we're trying to make a whiskey that we like, but ultimately we're, we're trying to make a whiskey that our customers like. And, you know, we live in the U S we, we, we have some, well, the Balcones makes some amazing bourbons and brides really quite a heritage of bourbons and ryes. And I love a lot of the things about those, those whiskeys, but some I don't like so much. And it, it was really fun to get input. It's been fun to get input from all customers, but this LA group was good because um, they really helped uh, sort of solidify right before we did our blend. Some of the things that I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do with this single malt whiskey. I mean, I, I don't wanna make a bourbon or a rye I don't want to make something that's already been done, you know, in, in the old world, let's say Scotch, uh, Scotland and Ireland, even though I love those things, I'm trying to make something that's different and, and, a, and approachable and nice for our customers. And, you know, for me and, and, you know, love to hear your input as well about Konish crew, but you know, the, the malt whiskey has a number of really interesting levers to pull. I mean, you have a, you have a grain that especially the malted grains that have, um, such a spectrum of tastes that you can draw from. And then you have these, you know, wonderful barrels and, and, uh, and so on to, to, to use. Um, I'm trying to create a whiskey that's approachable to the American palate, but yet better and different. And, and, uh, and so I, I'm really happy <clears throat> with this batch. I, I think I'm, I'm thinking we're getting there. Um, uh, I'm always asked by people, so what's your favorite? And I, and I don't really have a favorite. I, none of them are, um, my favorite, but I do like a lot of things about this whiskey. And, uh, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know what, you know, I I'd love to sit for a while with the Balcones crop cause you know, this group, as you, as many of you know, listeners know, makes some amazing. I mean, the baby blue was the first whiskey I tasted by these guys. It's amazing, you know, and the rye is also really, really good. Um, and of course they're malt whiskey. And so, these guys have a very uh, a broad uh, um, sort of knowledge of the various grains that can be used in, in different ways to create some very unique and different spirits. Um, mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, that, that the LA group was quite interesting for us and helpful.
0: That's that's really cool that you guys did that. And yeah, I totally agree with Baby Blue and their ride, the Falconis Rise my favorite ride of all time. So <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. That's really but, um, nice. It's so good. Um, it's just not what you expect. I mean, I could go into it, but this is... Wanderback. Uh, so, uh, with the future, with this Lone Star range, um, with the Evergreen range, you, you guys did a s- several different barrel finishes and whatnot. Are you guys looking to do something like similar with the Lone Star range in, in a similar fashion, or do you guys have uh, yeah. any different ideas with, with barrels or, and finishing with, with what we got here?
3: Yeah, well, you know, um, our, our plan is, is evolving as we hear feedback from people and, and what, you know, what they're, what they're like, what they'd like to see. Um, this is a very different uh, whiskey to our batch one, you know, our batch one, if you compare the two. Um, there are some definite similarities, but it's a vastly different whiskey. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so we will take this in different places with finishing casks and so on. Uh, batch one had more, there was smoke. I mean, you, you know, people who have a chance would be, it's fun to compare the two, but, um, there was more smoke. It was really challenging for me to know. And especially back then when I didn't know as much as I do now, and I still don't know a hell of a lot, but, um, to know where to take that batch one was tough. This whiskey for me, there are many more ways that I can see taking this, you know, you can, you can bring in smoke, you can bring in a different sweet, you can do it. So, um, this is a really nice, uh, what I, well, you could call it batch one of the Lone Star or batch five, whatever, but it's, it's the beginning sort of the base whiskey. Of, of what we're going to do over the next few years and uh, tons of possibilities, but I won't get into them now because I would sort of let the bag well, out of on. the bag. But, um, <laughs> um, but well, yeah, I, it's, I mean,
0: yeah. oh, sorry. I was just going to ask if, well, you know, maybe Balconis has some, some ideas for you about finishing. Maybe, oh, yeah. Uh, I'd love
3: to hear those.
0: What would you say would be a great, I mean, this is already what been is a blend of new oak and used oak, and then maybe taking this blend and then finishing it in. Yeah, I'm totally not the, the, mine, the but...
4: barrel finish guy, so I'm going to talk first because I'm the least qualified. But I think that the, like, the, uh, Jared actually mentioned, like, a white grape thing earlier, and we've been messing around with a lot of Sauternes barrel. I think a lot of, like, a, mm. a sweet sort of white grape, having that, like, sweetness of the Sauternes, of the dessert wine, but mm-hmm. some of the brightness, some of the lift, and some more like accentuating some of that acidity also. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, th- these guys will know better than I am. So I wanted to get my idea first before they explained why it was a bad idea.
3: No, it's have- good. I've had that written down first. So I'm glad okay, you cool. said that. So don't, okay. don't discredit your <laughs> comment. You're good.
1: We have, the, the least qualified person goes first. That's We have this really weird inverted <laughs> structure. Everything goes.
3: i going to jump out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He rides his horse backwards, he bathes with dirt. it's so, it's a weird thing. Um, yeah, I was thinking a normal red wine or like a sherry type finish would probably step on a lot of what's delicate about this, but um, it's kind of like doing food pairings, which is always weird to me with spirits, but you can you can choose to kind of uh, have really complimentary things go on and by the time you've the dish and the and the drink are both been consumed simultaneously. It's kind of like, man, how are these ever not together? Or you can get really contrast, you know, contrasty with stuff. Um, our smoked corn whiskey, I've seen it and end up in the dessert course more than the, you know, with with the protein course, which would be the obvious thing Uh to do with it. And then you're having a creme brulee with a sex smoked corn whiskey and all of a sudden it's like, oh man, that's a brilliant idea. They they really dance in a cool way. So it's kind of tough. I would hate to just just mention things that are already kind of happening that you could just kind of lift a little bit. But so any I mean, any kind of bottertized white wine would be rad. Um, Because of my orchard notes, you know, we've dabbled here and there a little bit with apple brandies, things like that, or even cider that I think could be really interesting, too. There's almost an effervescence, like just the tiniest hint of effervescence on the finish. Um, And maybe that's what made me think about a cider. But some things like that could be really nice.
5: Yeah. I think lately more often than not, we find ourselves kind of like leaning into notes that are already there and just like playing them up. You know, you like hear the note and you're like, just hit that key a little louder, you know, with the finishes. Um, so yeah, I think the stone definitely echoing Jared on the orchard fruit end of things. Like if you could get a Pomo or if you could get an apple brandy, or if you could get a, even like a a really high ABV cider or something, that'd be really cool. Um, but also too, like, There's because of the kiln malt. I feel like there's already like there's. I feel like there's a thread in a lot of Pacific Northwest Westlandy Wanderback stuff. There's like a little sulfur note there that I feel. I feel like it's always just begging for like oloroso, but not first use, like a second or third use oloroso, just like a little bit. It's just it's just begging for more. So I could also see that working like in a great way. Not a first use because it's too delicate and there's so much expressive stuff going on that you would smother. But I think a second use or third use Olorosa would be also just dynamite. Oh no! Nice. Actually, that's I. W- I was just looking in our warehouse. Some of the half Wanderback, half our own GP is in some second use Madeira. Um, so I'll send you some of those to see, to see how they're going.
3: Great! Yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: Awesome.
5: That sounds wonderful.
0: Well, I mean, uh, that's I got a time limit here. I really want to thank you guys for my time uh, when I was able to to interview you guys um so yeah thank you jared gabe good and see thomas again uh it's good to see you guys again and wander back always a pleasure uh let's turn it back to uh
2: anna and gregor i think i think nice Bye. yes thanks blake that was awesome um i did want to thanks read just boys. a couple of, just a couple of comments you. Out on uh yeah thanks guys cheers um See you soon, hopefully.
3: Very um, much appreciated.
2: Um, I was just curious on the, the, there were some people talking in the notes. Uh, Dan O'Brien was talking about, um, well, he put, was it? Uh, let, let it breathe, an Irish, uh, warm cup of butter, toast, and cinnamon. That's good. I like that, interesting. Um, uh, somebody was saying they were a proof wimp, so they added ice. your sure, whiskey, you do you. Um, got a hint of cedar with cinnamon nutmeg and coming in yeah nice uh by all means guys leave comments in the in the chat after after the fact to be a nice little time capsule but yeah that was awesome
3: good are are we is that a wrap are we closed are we still live it's not a wrap until we say goodbye and thank everybody yeah. <laughs> uh thank you thank you uh Got Balcona's crew really appreciate your time. Obviously, uh, we'd love to work together again. I hope we get to do this again. This has been a, it's a real treat to see this whiskey come of age and, and, uh, we're going to take it more places and, uh, really appreciate your comments, but, um, thank you for, for being a part of the release party for sure. I hope, hope you're all well. And, uh, and I hope we get to see each other in real, real life, real person, uh, very soon.
1: <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Man. Thanks for having us.
3: Thanks, guys. It's great. Take care, Thank Cheers, guys. You. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to you all.